Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst, Glenn Kirshner. Legal experts are saying many of the clues from the Georgia special grand jury probing interference in the 2020 election point to Donald Trump being indicted. If that happens, how will he react? Here's Glenn. So friends, recently I was talking with my friend Dean Obidala on his podcast, and Dean asked me how I thought Donald Trump would react or respond, how he would proceed once he was indicted. And friends, He will be indicted, probably first in Georgia by District Attorney Fawnie Willis, then by Special Counsel Jack Smith with a federal indictment, then maybe in New York, maybe not, we'll see. But Donald Trump will be indicted. How will he react once he's indicted? How will he choose to proceed? Well, in answering Dean's question, I tried to draw from my 30 years of dealing with witnesses, victims, and sort of most relevantly, defendants. And this probably won't surprise you, but a lot of the defendants that I prosecuted during my 30 years as a prosecutor were narcissists. Donald Trump is a narcissist, and frankly, that's probably the nicest thing you can say about him. So how do people like Donald Trump react once they are criminally indicted and facing the very real possibility of conviction and imprisonment? Well, here is what Dean and I discussed. You know, I firmly believe that former President Donald Trump will throw his own family members under the bus if he's hit with an indictment. We've seen that Trump has typically burned everyone who comes within arm's reach of him. That's true of his cabinet officials when he was president. It's true of his lawyers, some of whom are in the process of being disbarred and potentially prosecuted. And it's difficult to understand why people would compromise themselves for Trump, but there is a beauty to all this. Once Donald Trump gets indicted, and as I say, he will be indicted, he will throw every single person under the bus, including his own family members, if it will reduce his prison term by just one day or one hour. Friends, that's what narcissists do. And in case you need any more proof that Donald Trump is preparing to throw everybody under the bus, here is his recent post on his third-rate social media platform that reinforces the belief or the conclusion that Oh, he's going to throw everybody under the bus. Here's what Donald Trump posted. In writer Selena Zito's fake news puff piece about DeSantis, which supposedly appeared in the dying New York Post 
a New York tabloid paper that sang Donald Trump's praises for a very long time, victim number one, under the bus, which is way down in readership, just like Fox News is way down in ratings. There goes another organization under the bus, Fox News, that, as we all know, propped up Donald Trump, sang Donald Trump's praises. Indeed, we recently learned that some of the hosts of the Fox network were knowingly lying about the election being rigged. <laughs> Fox News is under the bus. Why she, the author of the article about DeSantis, why she doesn't mention that he, DeSantis, wants to cut Social Security and Medicare and loves losers like Jeb Bush, Paul Ryan, Karl Rove, and is getting clobbered in the polls by me. DeSantis is a rhino who is trying to hide his past. I don't read the New York Post anymore. It has become fake news, just like Fox and the Wall Street Journal. And there's organization number three that seems to have propped up and stood by Donald Trump for a very long time under the bus, all of them. Because friends, that's what narcissists do. They sacrifice everybody else to save themselves, even if it's only to save themselves one year in prison, one day in prison, one hour in prison, or maybe just for spite, because they deserve to be thrown under the bus. They deserve to be sacrificed by Donald Trump. So once Donald Trump is indicted, he will give up everybody to try to save himself. It's what narcissists do. And every single person on whom Donald Trump has dirt or about whom Donald Trump has compromising information, they better look out. And when I think of guys who may be in trouble once Donald Trump is indicted, I think of guys like Roger Stone, Mike Flynn, Steve Bannon. I think of guys like Rudy Giuliani, Kevin McCarthy, Lindsey Graham, and so many others. So in a very real sense, I do believe that once Donald Trump is indicted, we may see some real movement in the direction of accountability and of justice, for which we have waited forever. But I think we're moving in the right direction, friends. And we know that justice matters. Coming up next, someone who was a part of the grand jury in Georgia is now speaking out about the election crimes they investigated and the clues about what will happen are now coming to light. This is Justice Matters. Hi, Beowulf here with Justice Matters, and I'm here to remind you about one of the best decisions I've made recently, getting Factor Meals. Eating is so much easier for me with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor is flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, 
There are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up today and save. I've done the math and I can tell you Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved, nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and start meeting your meal and nutrition goals. Head over to factormeals.com slash glen50 and use code glen50 to get 50% off. That's code glen50 at factormeals.com slash glen50 to get 50% off. Remember, go to factormeals.com slash glenn50 and use code glen50 to get 50% off today. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. In an unusual turn of events, a woman who is making decisions about whether Donald Trump should be indicted for election crimes in Georgia is now talking to the press. And how she reacts to questions tells us quite a bit about what's ahead in the case. Here's Glenn. So friends, we now know something about the Georgia State Grand Jury into the election crimes of Donald Trump. And we learned those things from none other than the foreperson of the grand jury the forewoman who was inside the grand jury room during the investigation. But before I turn to that, can you indulge me 30 seconds of housekeeping? As you may know, here at Justice Matters, we're an all-volunteer operation. We're up and running seven days a week, posting a legal analysis video each and every day, and we couldn't do it without your support. So if you would like to more formally support our efforts, our mission, our content, please feel free to come on over to patreon.com. You can sign up to become a patron. And if you do, I'll send you some Team Justice and Justice Matters stickers and a personal handwritten note of thanks. And let me tell you, friends, when these indictments start dropping, we will be here doing double duty on the justice front. Now, let's turn to the new reporting. We're first gonna look at an article that ran in the LA Times, and then we're gonna move to the New York Times. But let's start with the LA Times. And let me tell you, friends, the headline of this article, I think sort of undersells the seriousness of some of the information that is disclosed in this article. Here's the headline. A funny Giuliani, a geeky Raffensperger, and subpoenas galore inside the Trump grand jury in Georgia. And that article begins, They were led down a staircase into a garage beneath a downtown Atlanta courthouse where officers with big guns were waiting. From there, they were ushered into vans with heavily tinted windows and driven to their cars under police escort. For Emily Coors, that is the forewoman of the grand jury, for Emily Coors, These were the moments last May when she realized she wasn't participating in just any grand jury. Here's what she's quoted as saying, quote, 
That was the first indication that this was a big freaking deal, Coors told the Associated Press. The 30-year-old Fulton County, Georgia resident who was between jobs suddenly found herself at the center of one of the nation's most significant legal proceedings. She would become foreperson of the special grand jury selected to investigate whether then-President Trump and his Republican associates illegally meddled in Georgia's 2020 presidential election. Now friends, let me state the obvious. It's pretty unusual to hear from somebody who sat on the grand jury, the foreperson no less, about what went on in that secret proceeding, what went on behind those closed grand jury room doors. But the article makes clear that what Ms. Coors was doing wasn't improper in any way, sitting and giving this interview, because the article notes the following. The AP identified Coors after her name was included on subpoenas obtained through open record requests and Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney advised Coors and other jurors on what they could and could not share publicly, including in interviews with the news media. During a lengthy recent interview, Coors complied with the judge's instructions not to discuss details related to the jury's deliberations. She also declined to talk about unpublished portions of the panel's final report. So it sounds like she was given the authority, given permission by the court to sit for an interview and she had to follow some parameters that were set by Judge McBurney, which according to the author of this article, she did. But here's a little bit of what she did disclose when she gave this interview. She said that she enjoyed learning about the inner workings of the White House from Cassidy Hutchinson, who Coors said was much more forthcoming than her old boss, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Friends, that's what I would call foreshadowing. If you'll recall, when the Georgia Special Grand Jury Report was released last week in highly redacted form, so we don't know who they recommended should be indicted, we did see a passage in that report saying that the grand jurors believed one or more witnesses lied to them and urging District Attorney Fawny Willis to prosecute people for those lies. Well, now based on what Ms. Coors said in this interview, it sure sounds like Mark Meadows might be one of those people that lied to the grand jury and that the grand jurors think should be indicted because they said, you know what? He wasn't all that forthcoming. Cassidy Hutchinson, who worked for him, was much more forthcoming. We'll stay tuned to see if Mark Meadows is one of the marquee names on the indictment that's handed down by the Georgia regular grand jury. Here's something else that Ms. Coors said when she sat for this interview. Rudy Giuliani was funny and invoked privilege to avoid answering many questions. Now, we don't know if he invoked his Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination or maybe attorney-client privilege. I suspect we'll hear more about that soon. And then one other thing that she said that I wanted to touch on. She said, at least one person 
who resisted answering questions in the grand jury became much more cooperative when prosecutors offered him immunity in front of the jurors, Coors said. Other witnesses came in with immunity deals already in place. So it's interesting. District Attorney Fawny Willis, the Fulton County District Attorney, who was heading up this criminal investigation of Donald Trump and his associates, decided to grant some witnesses immunity. It's pretty clear based on what Ms. Coors said that some of the witnesses came in and they had already been granted immunity. That to me says that District Attorney Willis realized some of these witnesses did some wrong, committed some crimes, and have a privilege against self-incrimination such that they could plead the fifth and avoid testifying, but DA Willis and her team decided that some of these witnesses should be granted immunity so they could be compelled to testify, forced to testify, because immunity extinguishes, does away with your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, because your truthful testimony can't incriminate you if you've been given immunity. So it'll be really interesting to see who District Attorney Willis decided to grant immunity to and compel their testimony. You usually grant immunity to a lower level criminal fish because that person has information, incriminating information about a higher level, a bigger criminal fish. So we will probably know soon enough who got immunity and who didn't. And then the other interesting tidbit in that passage was there were apparently people, or at least one witness, who was offered immunity in the grand jury. Spur of the moment, you know, drop of the hat immunity, or what we call pocket immunity, which is actually a thing. Sometimes we get immunity in advance, but we don't deliver it to the witness. And we wait to see if the witness will invoke their Fifth Amendment privilege, because if they don't, if they decide to waive it and testify, then we don't need to deliver them the immunity and we're gonna talk more about why delivering somebody immunity makes that person a less attractive witness for the prosecution in the future because they can be cross-examined with the benefit they got when that immunity was delivered to them because it's the prosecutor saying, we're not gonna prosecute you for your crimes. As you can imagine, that inspires lots of cross-examination of that witness about whether you're lying and saying anything the prosecutors want you to say because they promise not to prosecute you. So sometimes we get pocket immunity. We figuratively keep it in our back pocket. We wait to see if the witness will plead the fifth, will invoke their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. And if they do, and we decide we really want the information the witness has more than we want to prosecute that witness, we will deliver them the immunity that extinguishes their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, and they must testify. So I found it really interesting that that went on, it looks like, at least once in the Georgia State Special Grand Jury. Now, let's turn to the New York Times reporting about the interview that Miss Coors, the forewoman of the grand jury, gave, because the New York Times shares a little bit more information about some of what Miss Coors said. Here's the headline. Jury in Georgia Trump inquiry recommended multiple indictments, forewoman says. 
And that article begins, a special grand jury that investigated election interference by former President Donald Trump and his allies in Georgia recommended indictments of multiple people on a range of charges in its report, most of which remain sealed, the forewoman of the jury said in an interview. And then Ms. Kors went on to say, quote, it's not a short list of people the grand jury recommended should be indicted. Asked whether the jurors had recommended indicting Mr. Trump, Ms. Kors gave a cryptic answer, quote, you're not going to be shocked. It's not rocket science, adding, you won't be too surprised. Friends, I for one am thrilled to hear that we will not be too surprised regarding who the grand jury recommended should be indicted. Because after we heard the phone call Donald Trump placed to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, look, just find me 11,780 votes and corruptly declare me the winner of the Georgia state election. After we heard that, we would sure be surprised. We would be shocked. We would be floored if Donald Trump wasn't indicted, if this grand jury didn't recommend that Donald Trump be indicted for his Georgia state election crime. So I am thrilled that the forewoman of the grand jury that heard the evidence of Donald Trump's election crime said, you're not gonna be surprised. It's not rocket science. And she went on to say, yeah, we focused on that phone call between Trump and Brad Raffensperger. And the fact that we're not going to be surprised is really good news. Because justice matters. Friends, we are getting there. Please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.